Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central. Good afternoon, everyone. It is Sunday, November the 28th, 2021. It is currently 4.56 p.m. Central Time, and I'm coming to you live from the empty sanctuary of Victory Baptist Church located right here in Ovalo, Texas. But even though it's 2021, even though it's November the 28th, 2021, I don't want to stay in 2021 for, for right now, at least at the beginning of this. We, we're going to have to go back in time, all right? We're going to have to get in our DeLorean. We're, okay, all right. Yeah, we won't use all of that. You get the idea. We're going to have to do a little time traveling. Let's go way back, way back before I was even born. Let's go back to 19... 19- 64. We're going way back. Maybe you will remember this. Some of you are older. Some of you are younger. So you definitely won't remember this. It's back before my time. It's back maybe before your time. But the message has been a part of popular culture for a very long time because a lot of people will say something very similar to this. We're going to go back to 1964. We're going to read the lyrics to a song by the Beatles. The name of the song, Can't Buy Me Love. Please note the emphasis, Can't Buy Me Love from 1964. I think it, this was in the movie, a hard, a, hard day, a hard Day's Night, if I can read correctly. A Hard Day's Night, the Beatles. Can't Buy Me Love. Please note, can't, cannot buy me love. Here are the lyrics. Can't buy me love. Can't buy me love. Okay, we get the idea, okay? And there's some O's and O's in there. Okay, you get the idea, all right? Then here is, uh, here's, here's where it, we, we get past that. I'll buy you a diamond ring, my friend, if it makes you feel all right. I'll get you anything, my friend, if it makes you feel all right. Because I don't care too much for money. For money, can't buy me love. I'll give you all I've got to give if you say you love me too. I may not have a lot to give, but what I've got, I'll give to you. I don't care too much for money, for money can't buy me love. The idea there is, hey, money money can't buy me love, so I don't care about money. What, what I really want is love and money can't buy me love, but I want Love and we could take it all apart and analyze it, and we could have a good time. I, obviously, I, there's a lot more to the song, but I just want you to have that concept that you've probably heard: money can't buy you love. Yeah, money cannot buy you love. You cannot buy love. You may can buy a lot of things, but love is one thing you cannot buy. But what if I was to tell you that money can buy love? What if I was to tell you that, that that that's all wrong, that everyone has it wrong? Money can actually buy you love. Are you are you interested? Are, are you like, oh, really? Really? Okay, how can I do this? How can I do this? Because I am been needing love in my life. I feel lonely. I feel empty. How can I buy love? Just tell me where to go. I'll send you my debit card. Just how, where where can I get it? Where can I get this? Now, I know some of you are saying, no, no, no. Money can't buy you love. It can buy you lust. It can buy you, buy, buy you physical pleasure, but it cannot buy you love. But what if I was to tell you that maybe, maybe 
Even the Bible teaches that money can buy you love. Would you, would you tell me that I'm wrong? Here's what happened. I was sitting on my couch. I was watching television. And one commercial after another commercial after another commercial came on with Black Friday sales, Black Friday sales, Black Friday sales, Black Friday sales. And then I realized I kept getting email after email, Black Friday sales. Hey, for this streaming service, Black Friday sales, Black Friday sales. And I was looking at going, wow, there are a lot of sales. How can I take advantage of some of these things? Because I want some of these things or I already have some of these things, but I want to save the money. Even our podcast hosting site sent us an email saying, Black Friday sale, we still can't take advantage of it because I, I don't know, I've got to still figure out what we can do. We have to kind of cancel the service, then we have to sign back up and then maybe we can get the Black Friday sale. I don't know, but I want the discounts. I want the discounts. So I was like, Black Friday sale, Black Friday sale. Okay, which one? Try to remember all of them. Which one can I get? Which one should I think about? All right, you know, and when I say Black Friday sales, not just on that Friday, but you know how they, they, they like Black Friday sales that go way beyond just that Friday. You get the idea. They're still going on in some cases. And they'll be happening over the next couple of weeks leading up to Christmas because it's all about buy, 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 buy. And let's be honest right now. There's a lot of discussion about money and concern about money. Have you went to the gas pumps lately? <laughs> Did it cost you $9,000 and your firstborn son to fill up the gas tank? Probably. God, prices are up all over the board. Inflation is impacting so many things. So a lot of people are thinking about money. Let, let's just let's just be honest. So Black Friday sale is going to get your attention because maybe you can save some money. Maybe I can save some money over the holidays because I need a little bit of money. All right. But the one thing money can't do is buy you love, or maybe maybe even money can buy you love. How? Why? What? Okay. So so I'm hearing all of these commercials, watching all of this, and all of a sudden I look down. And laying on the floor in my study, I know what my wife is going to say, because there's stuff always laying on the floor in your study. I know, because I tend to just like, well, I, I, yeah, I make messes. You should just see the church, right? Uh, this back table, <laughs> there's books everywhere. Yeah, if visitors ever to come in, we would all be embarrassed because I usually, yeah, the, the front table at the church, it's messy. Underneath the pulpit, it's messy. I just leave books everywhere, okay? But that's, that's not the message here. I look down and laying on my floor, you can probably hear it, was a magazine that I subscribed to, right? I know old fashioned, but I, I just happened to be on the website and like, oh, they send this out. Okay. I'll, I'll, it's, it's got words in it. I'll read it. Okay. So I signed up. It's Grace and Focus. And uh, this is the July, August, 2021 edition of Grace and Focus, right? Or issue, I should say. The July, August issue of Grace and Focus magazine. Now, when this first arrived in my, my mailbox, I was like, I need, I need to do like a podcast about this. And I may have done some discussion on it, but I didn't really think about it. But when I saw it, after seeing all the Black Friday commercials and kept getting notifications on my iPad for Black Friday specials, I was like, oh, this really got my attention. And here's the reason it got my attention. On the cover, there's just stacks of money, stacks of money. Okay, so money. Black Friday sales, okay, the shopping season, okay, all right, so money. And then here is what it says on the cover, right? It's a black background, money, stacks of money everywhere. And then it says, money can buy love. Now they put a question mark after it, money can buy love. So like money can buy love, can it? Can, can, can it really? But it immediately come out, money can buy love, 
And I'm like, okay, what, 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 what do they have to say? So here's what we're going to do. We're going to open up this magazine. And we're going to go to page eight. And we're going to see what they have to say about money can buy love. And we're going to see, were, were the Beatles wrong? Were the Beatles, can the Beatles be wrong when they said money can't buy love? Were they completely wrong? Can it actually buy love? And is that a good thing? Well, let, let's see what they have to say here in this article. Again, uh, Grace and Focus, you can get, you can subscribe to the magazine for free by going to, I believe, uh, faithalone.org. And it comes out, I think, every quarter or every couple of months. I can't remember, but here we go. All right. In fact, I got a new one. It's still in the wrapper. It's in my book bag. I haven't even opened that one yet. And I got one sitting at the pulpit. So I get these all the time and I, and I always find something in them to be interesting um, but but I, I, anything that has words in them is always interesting to take apart and think about. But here we go. Thinking caps on. Here we go. I know it's Sunday afternoon. Thinking caps on because I think this is very relevant until the time in which we live. Here we go. We have all heard the saying that money cannot buy love. I think the basic meaning of the phrase is that if we try to gain the affections of another person, we cannot do it by showering that person with gifts or money. The other person will simply use you. He or she will act like he loves you or she loves you, but really all he is doing or she is doing is looking for more financial benefits for themselves. Okay, we can all agree that, hey, I can't buy love. I can, get, I can, I can use that money to buy them things, but they're really not going to love me. They're really, they're really not going to love me. Now, there is, of course, a lot of truth in that statement. But there is another way of looking at it. There is a way in which money can indeed buy love. Now, before I proceed, remember, I didn't read all of that song by the Beatles, so I'm not going through every, I didn't analyze everything that they were trying to say or could be saying or should be saying. I just used the first part to launch us into this because at least the, the sentiment is used at the beginning of the song about, hey, money can't buy love. So money's not important to me because they can't buy love, right? You get the idea. Because I don't want someone to say, wait a minute, you should have read the next verse. Are you Okay, I'm not, I'm not, I wouldn't hear to do a full exposition of the Beatles song, right? I just, I just started thinking that some hardcore Beatles fan will then say, hey, we should discuss that. Okay, but that, that wasn't the point here, right? Now, so there's this idea that money can't buy love. And it's simply saying that you can give, you can spend all your money and give your money to people and they will just use you for their own financial gain. And then once the money runs out, they're done with you. You really will not buy their, you can't buy their love. You may buy their temporary affection, but it's really not even affection. You may buy their temporary fake affection until they get what they want and then they're gonna leave you. But according to this, uh, there is, of course, a lot of truth in that statement that money can't buy love, but there is another way of looking at it. There is a way in which money can indeed buy love. Can you think of a way in which money can actually buy love? Can you think of a way? Now, I almost want to stop right here and just use this as a Bible study exercise and go, okay, this week we're going to figure, I want you to tell me all the ways in which you think money can buy love. I love to do that because I, I don't like you to be a passive listener, but here you just get to sit back and listen. But, I, but I, if you want to hit pause right here and then gather the family around and go, hey, kids, in what ways could money actually buy love? And your kids will probably say, well, if you give me the new PS5, then, you know, I'm going to love you a lot, mom and dad. Okay, so you may not want to do that because that just may backfire on you. But it would be interesting to get their thoughts on, on this. All right, here we go. 
There is a way in which money can indeed buy love. Perhaps we cannot make another person love us with money, but we can use money to produce love in ourselves. We can use money to produce love in ourselves. Now, you may be thinking, oh, okay, I know what you're doing. You're going to say, oh, we can use money to produce love in ourselves because if we'll use that money to give it to other people, then it will produce love in ourselves. Is that where I'm going? Is that where I'm going? Maybe. Could I be? Maybe. No. What do you think? What do you think? Let's continue. Let me give an example. Now, this is not the example coming from me. This is the example coming from the author. His name is Ken Yates. He wrote this article. It's not from me. So I want to make that's very clear. He writes, let me give an example. When I was a teenager, I started following the University of Kentucky basketball team. When I first heard about the team, I didn't know a single thing about them. The team was unknown to me. I couldn't name a single player. However, as time went on, I spent money following them. I would buy their merchandise. I would buy tickets to see them play. I would make the financial investment to travel to other cities for games. I would also spend the time needed to do all these things. All of these things caused me to fall in love with Kentucky basketball. Even though it was dumb and nobody on the team even knew who I was, I could tell you the name of the players. I could tell you their stories about them. I knew which one was drafted into the NBA. When it was game day, I would count the hours until the start of the game. I knew when the, se- when the season was over, I would experience sadness, knowing I wouldn't get to watch them play for about six months, but the sadness would be lessened by the fact that I could follow who the team was recruiting for next year. I must admit it, It is embarrassing to even, he goes, I must admit it is embarrassing now to even admit these things. No doubt, a major reason I love Kentucky basketball is because of the money and time I spent on it. It was an unhealthy relationship, but fortunately, we are now divorced, (laughs) okay? So they're claiming that, now now you, you you could argue this, now we could get into a kind of whole philosophical thing. Did they spend the money on it because they loved it or was the spending of the money on it what ultimately increased and led to a greater love for it? Which came first, the chicken or the egg kind of thing? We could get into a whole discussion, cause and effect. Was it the love that produced this or was the by starting to dedicate so much time and effort and money, it then in a roundabout way increased the love? It's probably a little bit of both that's kind of mixed into this. But you get the idea of where they're going, all right? All right, so over time, they they, they moved away from it. They offer some reasons why they did, but we're not going to get into all of that because we're, we're trying to figure out, can money buy love? Here we go. So it says, this is true for my previous love of Kentucky basketball. I did not watch a single game last year. I couldn't tell you who was on the team or whom they are recruiting. I wouldn't care if they canceled the season or even if they if they never played another game. This is after 40 years of marriage. So 40 years of being married to this, they've now reached a point like they just don't care. They don't care. The season could be canceled. The whole team could just disband. It could all go away and it wouldn't make any difference to them at all. At the same time, I don't spend a dime on them. 
I told my family members not to buy any more Kentucky t-shirts or any other merchandise. I certainly won't buy any tickets or travel to any games. I also don't spend a minute of time watching them on TV or wondering how they will do in the upcoming tournament. In other words, there was a direct correlation between the money I spent on them and my love for Kentucky basketball. Certainly, it is true that if you want to love something, invest in it. If you really want to love something, invest in it. If you really want to love something, spend money. If you really want to love something, spend time, spend money. So in this way, they're making an argument that, see, money can buy love. By spending this money, it bought them a love, a passion, a zeal for this particular basketball team. Now, again, you could try to argue, no, 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 no. Your love for it led you to spend the money. They're making the argument spending the money is what increased the love. Let's see where they're going to go with this. A lot of different ways of looking at this. They claim, now this is a very important quote, the Lord, speaking of Christ, Christ said the very same thing. And they reference Matthew 6, 21. If you have a Bible, Matthew chapter 6, verse 21, if you can look at it. I don't know why I have Matthew 16 open. Oh, I know why I have Matthew 16 open. Matthew chapter 6, verse 21. I'm going to go back to verse 19. I'm going to go back to 19 because I like context here. Matthew chapter 6, verse 19. Lay not up for yourselves treasure upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break through nor steal. So here, very simple. Don't lay up your treasures here on earth. Don't, don't, don't take your, don't, don't store up treasure here on earth. Don't. Treasures in heaven is what you need to be emphasized on. That's what you need to put, place the emphasis on. That's where your focus needs to be. Are you, are you storing up treasures on earth or treasure in heaven? Where is your treasure? And then Matthew 6, 6 21. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So wherever your treasure is, that's where your heart. Here's my treasure. There's my heart. Now, let's see what they do with this. He said that where your treasure is, your heart will be as well. To put it in very simple terms, what you spend your money on is what you love. So in a sense, money can buy love. What you spend your money on, that's what you love. Now, you could argue, no, 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 no. I love it. That's why I spend money on it. They're making an argument, but at the same time, though, where you spend your money is where your love is going to be. So in a sense, spending your money on it is what produces and increases the love. Now, we could get into a big back and forth on which comes first, but I think it's interesting to at least look at it from this perspective. The more you invest in something, the more you become committed to it, dedicated to it, the more your your love grows in it because you're dedicating. Look, when you spend, I got my wallet right here. 
what I give my money to. Let me, let me, let me, let me see if this makes any sense. Let's see if this makes any sense. All right. Maybe this will, I, I, I can use this in, in this illustration because it's more practical to me because you, everyone knows I love, 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 love music. We, we know, we've established that a million times in these podcasts. Back, I know dating myself, back before streaming services, you had to get up and go to an actual record store. And I would always be there a new music day anytime I could be. Sometimes I was even allowed to skip school so that I could be there a new record day, a new a music day if certain albums were coming out. And I'd be waiting, 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 waiting for them to open that door, waiting for, sometimes I would watch them walk into the store and I'd be waiting there and then they would come back and open the door and let me in. But I would go in and I would look around, look around, look around. I always had limited amount of money. The goal was always to buy at a minimum two albums. That was the goal. I would always buy something that I knew and something I didn't have a clue. I would just look for something I didn't have anything a clue about because I wanted music discovery. Now, I couldn't always be there every week. There was times I couldn't be. But I was there every time I could be. But you know what? When you bought that CD, bought that LP, bought that cassette, I know once again, somewhat dating myself, you would go home and you would, oh, and because you spent your money on it, you spent your hard earned money on it, right? Money that I had to earn. In many cases, I got the money by not eating lunch. Instead of doing school lunches, I saved the money so that I could buy music. I mean, I went without food. To me, music was more important than food, still is to this day. If I have to choose food or music, forget the food. I'm going with the music, okay? Because I love music, right? But when you purchase, when you took that money out of your wallet, I'm taking money out of my wallet, and you hand it to this other person, right? And all you walk out of the store with is that CD, that LP, well, I don't know about you. Maybe, maybe I wasn't. Maybe, maybe you viewed it differently, depending on how wealthy your family was. That was hard-earned money. Either I went without food to get to have that money, or I walked. I drove. I had a rope tied to the back of my bicycle with a lawnmower, and I drove around on my bicycle, seeing which yards I could mow to earn money. And you think, well, that's no big deal. Well, for me, because I absolutely hated being outside. So that was sacrifice. So I did everything I could to earn money so that I could buy music. So when I got home, it, it wasn't just like, oh, I got a new CD. It was just like, I, I would te- tear the wrapper off, smell it, open it up. If it, if it was the liner notes, look at the, I would read every liner note, every word, who produced what, who was this, who did this, who played this, who, I wanted to know everything. I read every lyric and I would listen to it over and over. Even if I wasn't a fan of it, even if I, for some reason realized, okay, ah, because remember, I would always buy one album I'd never even heard of. I would spend all that time because I put my money on that. It wasn't like now, now with a streaming service where you have everything, you're just like, okay, listen to that album. Ah, yeah, that one, one. You go through one song, another song, skip, 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 skip. And then you may ride onto another album. You may even listen to it, but it's one time. You don't feel like you have to be committed to it because you're paying $9 a month for access to everything. So you don't have that love connection to it. But when you bought the album, I just invested my money. So in a roundabout sense, I just invested my love for it. And I'm going to get, look, that album may have cost me $10, $12, $15, $5, whatever it may have cost me. I'm going to get $1,000 out of it. That's the way I I still have many of those CDs and I still have them. And I will still pull them out, put them in a CD player and listen to them. Even though I may have them on streaming services, because I purchased that, I still know that the, my money went to that. 
So there is a little bit to this that when you where you put your where your treasure is, where you put your money, there's going to be some love. There's going to be a commitment to it because you put your money there, right? You 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 put your money there. So I think I think we can relate to this a little bit. So to put it in very simple terms, what you spend your money on is what you love. Of course, we could say that you spend your money on what you already love. That that is true. We love something first, then we spend our money on it. The Lord's point may be in part that if you love the world to come, you will spend your money in a way that reflects that. Or you could say, where I'm putting my treasure, that's where my love is going to follow. If, I, if I'm treasuring the things of God, that's my love's going to follow that. But if I'm treasuring the things of this world, that's where my love is going to go. Where my treasure is, that's where my heart, that's where my love. Now, they make a very weird point here. This is kind of, I, I kind of want to contact this person and go, whoa, you may want to slow down here. But okay, this person writes these words. A Calvinist would say this love is automatic. He would say that all believers love the kingdom to come. Now, I don't know. I don't know what Calvinist he knows. That's just not true. Okay. I, I believe in the doctrine of election, but I would never say that love is, you just automatically love the things of God. Clearly the proof is around us. We don't automatically love the things of God. Now, I think this is sometimes more of the lordship concept that, hey, if you don't love this and you don't love this, you're not saved. So if, you, if you're saved, you're going to love this automatically. We know. Uh, they say, so as a result, this they say, according to the Calvinistic teaching, I'm going to say more of the lordship teaching. Maybe there, obviously, there's probably some Calvinists believe this. And I think there's people who are not even Calvinists who believe this. So I, I just think that that's, I don't know why they would throw in the Calvinistic little like jab right there. There are lots of Christians who would say something like this. If you're truly a believer, you will spend your money and time on the kingdom of God. You will. There's not, there's no question about it. That's just what you do. If you're truly a Christian, you will spend your money and your time on the things of God. Now, I used to teach it that way, not because of Calvinism, uh, just because more of the lordship influence that, hey, if you're truly saved, you're going to love the things of God. And if you don't love the things of God, you're not saved. That, that was more of, of the influence there. But it says, of course, free grace people. No, this is nonsense. All believers do not automatically love the Lord or his kingdom and all believers do not invest in that kingdom. And that's true. There's a, there are true believers, I believe, that don't truly love God supremely. They don't invest their money there. They don't invest their love there. They are, they are preoccupied with the world. And they find a way to love the world and the things that are in the world. We shouldn't do that. But it happens over and over and over. And there's a good chance, I'm talking to believers right now, where you struggle with this as well. Where is your treasure? That's where your heart. So where is your heart? Did your treasure buy your love for that which is not of God? Because that's where you put your treasure. They go on to say this. But I think there's another way to look at this. Suppose we are having a difficult time loving the world to come. Suppose we find ourselves prone to focusing on the things of this world. Couldn't, couldn't the words of the Lord be practical cure for this? Invest your time and resources and the things related to his coming kingdom. What you will find is that you will come to love the appearing of the kingdom more and more. Your heart will follow where you invest. I may not be able to buy the love of others, but it can help change what I love. In that sense, money can buy love. 
there's a lot there to contemplate and a lot there to consider. I think there's some truth there. If you give your money to a ministry, you're probably going to then develop a more an affection for that ministry, listen to it, support it, because you're giving money to it. In other words, that you're treasuring that ministry and therefore that love is going to grow for it and appreciation. You're going to listen because you, you invested your money in it. If you invest your money in your church, you're going to have a desire to be there. You're going to have a desire to see that church succeed because you're investing your money there. But if you're investing your money in somewhere else, that's where your love is going to follow. Where your treasure is, there is your love. Where is your treasure today? That's what you love. And in a sense, your treasure bought your love. What you give, what you're treasuring, what you value, that's what you're going to love. Is it the things of God? Is it ministry? What is it? That, that's an important question. Now, I just wrote down some scriptures here. There's no question about it that the Bible emphasizes giving, 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 giving. And the reason that I, I, I truly, truly, truly believe this. Now, you, you, this is, again, my hypothesis, my theory. You may disagree with this. I think one of the very first things God established to help us fight our depravity was the concept of giving. Because if you think about it, after, after Adam and Eve's sin, right? After Adam and Eve's sin, when you see Cain and Abel, there was a time for them to bring their offering. There was a set time for them to bring their offering, their sacrifice. Why? Because I think sacri sacrifice obviously had a symbolic understanding of sin requires death and we need a substitute. I'm, by all means, I understand the bigger theological picture and implications, but from a very practical purpose, purpose the very essence of sin is that we treasure self. Our treasure is ourself. That's what we treasure, and that's where our love. We treasure self, therefore we love self. But when you give, if you have to bring something, a sacrifice, something that you grew, some, an animal that you raised, an animal that could not have a blemish, something that you valued, something that could be beneficial to you, and you take it and you offer it to God, you are counteracting that self-love and that selfishness by giving, so the Bible over and over and over talks about these of giving, 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 giving. Because as we give, if I have money and I give it to someone, I'm I'm I'm, I'm going against self. I'm I'm basically denying self. I'm turning away from self, and I'm giving that most valuable thing that we want. Look, I got money here in my wallet, and I and I'm going to be honest. I want this money in my wallet. I want this money. There's things I want. There's things I desire. There's lots of things. Have you seen the commercial for the new Mac, MacBook Pros? Have you seen those things? Now, they're, they're super expensive. I will never have the money for one, but those MacBook Pros, those things are, I mean, Apple did a lot of things wrong with the MacBooks, a lot of things wrong, but this one, all the reviews are like, they finally got everything right. And I'm like, man, I want a MacBook Pro sitting right here next to me instead of this little cheap Dell computer that is no good. I could, could just think what I could do podcasting with a new MacBook Pro. Ooh, that could be awesome. Yeah, yeah. I, I, if I had, the, I would do that. I, I'm looking at this iPad I have here in front of me, right? This thing is old and falling apart. I probably need a new one, all right? But I don't have the money for that. But if I had the money, so I see, when I see money, I think of the things I want. 
the things I could get. But to give it to someone else, I have to deny that. So in a sense, where my treasure goes, there goes my love. So in other words, if I give my treasure to someone else, hopefully my love for others would increase, right? That, that's the concept, or at least I'm demonstrating a love by doing that. You, you see the idea. So I think giving is the very tool. I think the get, now think about this. I think giving is the very tool given to us to combat our very depravity. Now, I, I'm going to be very, 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 very honest, right? Because I, I don't like talking about money because I, I know as a pastor and as that there, there's a little bit of self-serving in it. So I just like to be very transparent and honest. Look, I know that if I talk about money and someone gives money to this ministry, then I, then ultimately we benefit because we have more money to do things for ministry. Uh, so I understand that. So I, I so I, I, I don't want this to come across like I'm not aware that I could preach this and then benefit myself. I understand that. And I'm just being honest with that. But I, even though there's that danger whenever a ministry talks about money, that that ministry can ultimately benefit from talking about it. Even though I'm aware of that danger and I don't ever want to fall into that trap, I still believe even though there are ministries and pastors who've abused this concept. I do believe it's still a biblical concept. Just because someone has abused it doesn't mean it's not biblical. I believe giving is the very tool used to combat selfishness. And the Bible makes it clear. Here's just a couple of scriptures that we could talk about. Second uh, Corinthians chapter nine, verse seven. Second Corinthians chapter nine, verse seven. It's a very basic concept here. 2 Corinthians, Paul writing to the church of Corinth that had a million problems. And now look at this, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6. But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man according as he purposed in his heart, so let him give not grudgingly or of necessity for God loveth a cheerful giver. The idea of giving is expected and just assumed that you will give, but do so with the right attitude, not out of necessity, not because anyone feels forced to, but cheerfully, willingly to do so because you are fighting against selfishness and where you put your treasure, that's where your love is going to be. And are you going to put your treasure on the things of this world, materialism, or on the things of God? Another passage, um, I believe this is in the book of Proverbs. I'm trying to read my own writing. Right before I went live, I grabbed the magazine and I grabbed a pencil and I just started writing down scriptures from memory, just the references here on the page. And I can barely read it because the pencil didn't show up very good on the pages here. But all right, uh, Proverbs chapter three. Yeah, here we go. Proverbs chapter three, verse nine. Honor the Lord with thy substance. And with the first fruits of all thine increase, are you honoring the Lord with your substance, with your treasure? Are you honoring it? And you honor the Lord with your treasure by giving. By giving, that's where, where you put your treasure. That's where your heart is going to follow. Where, where, where is your treasure? Now, I understand you've got responsibilities. I understand you got things you have to do. I understand that. But at some point, you've got to put that treasure where where you want your heart to be, for, for hopefully for ministry, the things of God, the furtherance of the kingdom of God, for, for ministering to people and those kinds of things. So yeah, those are two main ones. And then, then I'll just make a reference to Matthew 16. Remember the basic rule for Christianity, Matthew 16, verse 24, 
deny self, die to self, and turn away from self. And the way we deny self, die to self, and turn away from self, one of the ways is by giving the very thing that we want. It fights against that selfishness. Now, some people, their treasure, they treasure the things of God, the furtherance of the kingdom of God. They treasure ministry. They tre- treasure helping people. I'll just give you an example. I won't mention a name. Someone just the other day sent us a financial gift. They went to, to our Theology Central page, theologycentral.net, hit the donate tab, and they sent us a, a, a certain amount of money. And I'm very appreciative. Now, I sent an email back to them and said, please don't ever feel pressured to do so. But here's what happened. They sent that gift. Someone emailed me, I think, last night. And it's clear that they need some resources. They need, they, I think they need a systematic theology. I think they need a Bible dictionary. I think they need, there's some things they need. Well, I'm going to take the gift that was sent to us, and I'm going to use that, that gift plus some additional money, and we're going to get this person some, I'm going to start purchasing them books when they send me their address, and I'm going to send them the books. So that person put forth, they, they sacrificed what they could have done with the money to give here. Now that money is going to be used to hopefully minister to someone else, and so therefore that person put their treasure And hopefully that means that they love ministry and the furtherance of God's kingdom. That's the way it's supposed to work. So the question is, money can buy love. What is your money buying? What what is your money buying your love to? In other words, what is your money buying your love for and to? What are you loving as a result of your money? Are you loving God, ministry, the furtherance of his kingdom, Are you loving self? Now, I'm not saying you can't spend money on yourself. I'm not saying that because we do. I'm not saying that we can't enjoy life. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying that there has to be a correct balance here. And I don't always have the right balance. I'm just going to be honest with you. I don't always have the right balance. I'm not preaching to you like I've got it figured out. I've struggled my whole Christian life because there's things I want. There's things I want to spend money on. Right? I want a new MacBook Pro. I want one, okay? There's always things. I want, just the the other day, my wife, we were, I think we were watching a movie. And uh, and I think right before the movie started, there was a commercial. I said, see, there's that commercial. And it it makes it looks like that it's a uh, commercial for a new TV, but it's actually a commercial for Expedia and going traveling. And and, And I said, man, I would like that television the way that looks. And she's like, wait, you want a new TV? I'm like, well, why wouldn't I? She's like, You're, you've already got a great TV. I'm like, I could always get a better one. <laughs> okay, right? In other words, I want a better one. Now, I, I don't have the money to get one. And then I look at all the things that I need money for, and it's always this battle. You got money that I got to buy for things we need. I got money I want to buy, buy things for what I want. But where is my treasure when it comes to spiritual things? Think about this, materialism. Just think of the definition of materialism. Materialism, if I can find the definition here, materialism. Materialism is a tendency to consider material possessions and physical comfort as more important than spiritual values. Do you consider material possessions and physical comfort more important than spiritual values? What are your spiritual values? And is that where you're putting your treasure? Because where your treasure is, that is where your heart, where is your heart this evening? Where is your heart? Is your money buying your love? And what is it buying your love to? The things of God, ministry, your church, the advancement of the gospel, discipleship, 
ministering to people? I, I, I don't know. But I know this, where that money goes, that's where your love's going to be. That's where your passion's going to be. That's where your commitment's going to be. So, something to think about. And you can, you can tell me your thoughts. You can email me, newsif at yahoo.com. Newsif at yahoo.com. That's newsif at yahoo.com. Newsif at yahoo.com. Money can buy love. I'm sorry, Beatles. I think maybe you got it wrong. And there's been a lot of people singing different songs about money can't buy you love. But I think there was even a movie called Money Can't Buy You Love, if I remember correctly. I could be wrong. That maybe there's been a lot of that that theory. And I understand the theory is true in some ways, but Jesus may challenge that a little bit and may make us reconsider it. You can tell me what you think. Maybe you completely disagree. Um, let me know. N- email me, newsif at yahoo.com, newsif at yahoo.com. All right, everyone have a great evening. I'll pro- I think I'm gonna try to do one more thing before I leave, but um, maybe, I don't know. We'll find out here shortly. But thanks for listening. Everyone have a great evening. God bless.